Hi, my name is PK from Almost Inevitable Design, and this is a $2.4 million podcast where we talk about web design, web development, and WordPress. Just a heads up, I might be using a bit of profanity at times, which is why I checked on the explicit tag. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you left me a good rating on iTunes and Spotify, and if you have any questions, feel free to come down to almostinevitable.com and leave me a comment. Also, if you have any friends who need to hear this shit, go ahead, recommend it, and share it. Okay, we are back for another uh, episode. <laughs> so, um, we we are on what episode 035 or 35. Uh, and the title is Disposable Heroes. This Disposable Heroes is the last song on their on Metallica's nope, fifth song. Sorry, last song is Damage Incorporated. I should know that by now, because I've listened to Master of Puppets at least 200 times. <laughs> That's a lot of hours. Uh, so, damn it, well, yeah, number five on Master of Puppets from 1986. Uh, <laughs> I got that wrong. <laughs> now I can't say it's my second favorite album. <laughs> it's, my, <laughs> it's my second favorite album. My first favorite, my favorite album is Ride the Lightning. Second favorite album is Master of Puppets. Oh, well, that's fine. Disposable. I might have to record this shit again. Oh, man. All right, doesn't matter. Let's go on. I'm allowed to miss the number, I mean, the order of the tracks, right? Yeah. All right, so um, we are going to have to talk about WooCommerce because we're, we are back to Metallica. But before we get into that, um, last week I talked about, um, <clears throat> devices and OSs, right? So one thing that I, I went off on a rant and it's, I did, I, I probably, yeah. Um, I do, I probably did sound like a pretty hardcore fanboy. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I did, but to be fair, like I said, um, if you if you're if you use an Apple device, it's a lot easier to check Windows and Apple. But what I wanted to actually include, and I forgot because I went off on a rant that just went way too long. And I apologize if you got tired of that, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some people just seem to like listening to me, having me playing in the background and just hearing me just rant and curse and just, just talk about shit in general. And some people do listen quite intently. And for those people, if, if I got a little too repetitive or, you know, pointless, then I apologize. Anyways, did I get a lot of hate mail? No, not no. <laughs> but anyways, um, so yeah, one thing that I thought I should have included, because this actually happened the day after I recorded. So that's why I was like, oh, I should have thought of that. And it was in it was in the list of bullet points that I was going to go through, but I just skipped it because, like I said, it went way over time. I always tend to do that when I shouldn't. Um, what it was is if you see problems on your phone... All right. Now I'm just gonna have to assume an iPhone because I'm pretty sure this there's a method of doing this for Android and Chrome, 
but I I've seen that if it works in Safari on mobile it works fine on Chrome so I haven't had many problems so that's why I just don't care I, I haven't actually looked into it but but sometimes when there is a problem on the mobile version of Safari for the iPhone it's really hard for a lot of people to find a way to inspect that and if you're using a Mac this is how you inspect it all right I just wanted to include this uh, this simple tutorial just to make up for last week's rant <laughs> if you're still here um, so you take a lightning cable and plug it into your Mac and go to that web page on your phone okay so keep that open in Safari and plug it into your Mac and if it asks you if it asks you if you want to trust this computer then say yes and of course you should and as long as you know that the computer acknowledges the phone and the phone has acknowledged the computer as long as they know about each other it'll work so uh, start up Safari and in Safari you should be able to you should have probably hopefully already have uh, opened the activated or opened the the developer menu all right now oh man I'm gonna have to open Safari for this there's a menu in the preferences so when you're on Safari command uh, command comma gives you Yep, command comma gives you the the preferences right and in the preferences there is if you go to advanced the advanced tab then you'll see on the bottom show develop menu and menu bar now it should have been activated already but if not that's what it is and it will the develop menu will uh, show in between bookmarks and window on your top menu bar okay now in under develop you will see uh, the devices and if you're on your MacBook Pro it'll say whoever's MacBook Pro or whoever's Mac iMac or whoever's MacBook Air whatever right for me it's Mac mini so it's PK's Mac mini and it will also say right underneath that with a, an arrow a triangular arrow next to it it will say your phone so for me it'll be it'll be my PK's iPhone 777 that's that's what I named my phone I think it's a seven yeah 777 um, so I have, a, I have an old iPhone. I really want to buy a new one because it's all cracked up. This is a third screen. <laughs> it's, a, it's a third fucking screen. I dropped it. I dropped it three times. And yeah. All right. So you'll see that. And if you, if you hover over that menu and you open up the sub menu next to it on the right, it will show you which pages uh, you can access through Safari on the phone. And what happens if you let it do that and wait just a little bit for it to work properly, then it will show you the inspector menu on your desktop. And if you hover your mouse over parts, elements in the inspector menu, it will actually highlight the parts on your phone in the Safari, in, in your phone on mobile. All right, so it works exactly like you would use an inspector, all right, on the desktop, but it just works through your phone. So that really helps a lot when you're sorting things out. Um, 
and the reason why this happened yes uh, the other the other, last week was because I had just finished um, uh, what was it an e-commerce website migrated it but I checked it on my phone and it didn't show it on my phone back then but in the meantime between when I finished the preview website and when I migrated the theme and WordPress WordPress went up to 5.4 the theme went up got an update because WordPress updated to 5.4 and all the plugins updated so that WooCommerce website some parts of the plugins that were connected to WooCommerce uh, had changed so I had to realign stuff and the theme had changed so some parts I really did have to change the page but the the thing that really stuck out was stuck out was not stuck out <laughs> stood out stuck out <laughs> not stuck out that's a good word I just made up a fucking word all right um <laughs> stupid so uh where was I yeah the thing that stuck out was there was a there was there were a few characters in between and for some reason um, it didn't show on the desktop. It's because later I found out it was because there was some JavaScript running to hide that part, but it didn't work on the phone. So I had, and so I, I went into the inspector and I found the reason. So I found what to do to hide it and then fix that. And there were a few inconsistencies between the browser and on uh, my phone. And the only way you can find what's going on, or the only way you can find the right CSS property to fix it is if you uh, inspect it, inspect your phone. So that's how you do it. You go, you open up your develop menu, which you should have already, uh, and you go to your phone and it will open up a whole inspector on your desktop while showing you which parts are highlighted on your phone. You're gonna have to open up all the folded HTML because and every time you refresh it will fold up again which is annoying but if it works I guess that's how it's gonna work so there you go at least you get something out of this that was 10 minutes and now we get to go into the content for today the topic for today is about disposable heroes now when we are talking about disposable heroes in the Metallica song um, you know what? I should have actually put a jingle in there. Oh, well, that's fine. Because I didn't pause. I just went straight in here. So I'll pause now. And now we are back to talk about uh, disposable heroes. <laughs> I just wanted to put a pause in there. Come on. So in, in Master of Pup, that's my chair, sorry. In Master of Puppets, Disposable Heroes is probably about soldiers and the army. But here, what I'm talking about is the hero section. What? Okay. In most cases, most people, most store, potential store owners, most clients want to have a slider slash carousel in the hero section. And that's not good. That's a very easy way of saying it. 
it's fucking stupid. All right, here are some facts and numbers and research. All right, so uh, there's a website called shouldiuseacarousel.com. That's it, that's it, that's how you spell it. Shouldiuseacarousel.com. And I'll just go to the first slide and this, I'll, I'll just read what you see on the screen. It starts with, so should I use a carousel? No, seriously, next slide. Seriously, you really shouldn't. Next slide, why not? Let me tell you, dot, dot, dot. Next slide, 1% click the feature of those, 89% were the first position, One oh, the target was the biggest item on the homepage, the first carousel item, next slide. We have tested rotating offers many times and half, next slide. Almost all of the testing I've managed has proven content delivering, next slide. Carousels are effective at being able to tell people and marketing senior management, next slide. Carousels pose accessibility issues for frustrated, use a carousel and your users will be too. All right, what this, whole thing really is trying to show us is that carousels are very very frustrating to use and it actually does nothing it does fucking nothing so here's um so using the references in should i use a carousel.com you can go there on your own directly uh, the links on should i use a carousel.com do not open in a new tab so you got to press command while Clicking, that, I do that anyways, but I found that it, yeah. So anyways, if it, if it goes off-site, I tend to open a new tab, and if it's inside the website, then interlink, then I don't open a new tab, but uh, this guy just sends people in the same tab. Anyways, uh, Nielsen Norman Group, which is very famous for doing a lot of UI, UX, uh, UX, UX research, and they have a whole article on it's it's a little it, granted it's old it's what seven years old but n people haven't changed in that in those seven years people might have lost their attention span just a little bit in those seven years but nothing about this has gotten any better towards sliders okay so uh, auto forwarding carousels and accordions annoy users and reduce visibility of course of course uh if you go to this website you'll see if you go to this page you'll see um, a very old mid-20s mid-2000s looking uh, websites and stuff and basically what they're saying is um if there's a big carousel like accordion then it's ignored because it moves by itself and it just really you can't read it for starters and second it it just doesn't grab your attention as much basically so bad right uh, another one that they had here um on should i use a carousel.com another one that they had here was is from uh, Eric Runyon, and I think this guy does all this kind of um, uh, research as well. Now, this actually has some very good numbers, and it and it gives you the exact sites. Uh, well, it gives you the numbers of the actual research that it did. So, for example, it it has one about um, Notre Dame. Uh, I think that's it, Notre Dame, yeah, nd.au, edu. And so they have, a, they have 
stats here, like 3.7 million homepage visits and a percentage of the people that click the fe feature is 1%. Okay. And out of that, how many people clicked? Whichever. Position 1 in the carousel, 89%. Position 2 in the carousel, 3.1%. Need I go on? Nobody cares after that. 2.4, 2.8, 2. It's useless. Right? So 90% is on the first slide. Nobody cares about the, the other slides. Uh, let's go to another one. Site. This is a um, departmental site. Homepage visits, 37,000. And percentage that clicked the feature is 1.2. 71% on the first slide. That's it. Everything else is 7 to 8%. So that means nobody gives a shit, right? Uh, another one, 43,000. 9% clicked the feature. Wow! 9%. And 54% clicked the first one, which is surprisingly low. I guess people really wanted to wait for the one that they wanted to click for. Uh, second one is 17. Third one is 10%. So... It goes, it just goes down, it just drops. You know, the next one, 8,000 homepage visits, 1.5% clicking, 62% for position one, and the others are just in the lower 10, lower double digits. So 10 and 15. So it's just, it's easily shown that nobody cares about the slides. If they want to click something, if they're lucky, they might have clicked the first one. Otherwise, nobody cares about the rest of the stuff. Um, and there's so many uh, articles on this, and you can't actually find any proper... And, and I'll, I'll include some more, right? There's six reasons why image sliders are bad for conversions on Instapage. Now, this one is very recent. January 2nd, 2020, right? So, the two ignorant reasons... Oh yeah, so... We'll get to this, right? The two ignorant reasons marketers use image sliders. And that is they think they can offer many things at the same time, which is fucking stupid because in the end, nobody gets anything. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Uh, also, they also, th the people think, marketers think um, that they can put in multiple call to actions on every offer, which is also pretty fucking stupid because call to actions do not call attention, you know? So if, if there's a lot of them and if they're all just running around on the screen, no use, right? So six reasons why image sliders are bad for conversions on the Insta page, which came out this year, this, this article. Uh, number one, they cause banner blindness. Yeah. A lot of people have ad blindness as well because you get so used to looking at the same shit over and over that in the end it doesn't you don't you don't notice it as much. So if you do the same shit, people will be like, "Oh, I never cared about this anyway. I'm gonna go on." That's blind banner blindness, and there's a lot of that happening with ads as well. Number two, they divide your user's attention. Yeah. Yeah, it, they do because you're like, what? And then some, you know what? You know the ones where it doesn't stop on mouse hover? Those are even worse. You know, you're like, oh, I wanted to check that out. And you're savvy enough to be able to click the arrow so you go back. 
and you look at it, but then it just automatically transitions away. I'm like, fucking stop. Let me at least read your shit. You're trying to do this wrongly, badly, poorly, shittily, and I'm still trying to read it. Just fucking stop moving. Let me let me finish reading this, you know? Anyways, next. Number three, the human eye doesn't respond well to movement. All right, and here it's, um, they, they explain this very in, in depth. Well, not in, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be in depth, but it's, uh, they use like cool words. Like, uh, what is, what is this? We may, we may not live in the jungle anymore, but we did once. Our brains are wired to react to sudden movement. I guess like Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic Park. <laughs> and this movement is called saccade, I think. That's how you read it. I think that's it. It's our retina's uncontrollable response to movement. So sudden movement. <laughs> saccade. Saccade. Yeah. French for jerk. Not like a jerk, but I think move quickly. You know, I guess that's what it says. All right, so it's stuff like that. And that is not the case as much anymore is what they're saying number four they take away control from your visitors because very bad ux number five they take up space but don't even get clicked so it's useless just true number six they reduce visibility um now with this part they asked people what if they put when they put um an ad or offering in one of those sliders, and they ask someone to go through the website and then ask if they saw the deal. Most people didn't. Um, and that's that also shows that nobody gives a shit about those sliders. So here, luckily, this article is talking about what should you use instead of sliders to feature multiple offers. And I think this is really important. And I was going to explain this in my own words, but let's go over this um, to start with, okay? And see what they have to offer because we're almost done with the article. All right, now, if this article fucking loads, because the images are just, I think, blurred and optimized for them to load, but they're not. They're not lazy loading. They're not doing anything, so I can't see. But yeah, what what they're saying is create different post-click landing pages and try to make different funnels, pretty much funnels for different buyer personas or different audiences. And they have a very good example of that. They have a Help Scout, which is which I think is a service. What kind of service this is this? Has created different post-click landing pages for different types of people. All right, what is this? Um, Help Scout does something and it helps you. Scout, oh, connect with live chat, knowledge base, email, reports, integrations. All right, so it helps with a lot of um, retail stuff, I guess. All right, so they have different landing pages for different people. One for software, one for online services, one for online retailers. So, so you know what, the, re the reason why this sort of works, I guess, in a sense is because 
if you're making ads, your ads will be targeted anyways, right? Like if you run an ad campaign, you can sort of define what kind of persona, what kind of audience you want this particular ad to see, uh, to, to be shown to. And if, you, if for example, you wanna, what is it? Show this, a particular ad or a particular landing page to people who, um, like as in Help, in Help Scouts, um, case maybe people who are working in the software business and then a different ad for people who are working online services right then you can actually have a different link and have people land on a different page which is a really good idea that's very smart if you're doing that right now another way of doing that i think is to run blogs we'll be talking about social media ads and stuff sometime soon later maybe but for now, like simply put, like if you have, uh, if you run a blog, then you can actually per, uh, publish blogs that target a specific type of person and then run ads that funnel people to that blog. And each blog will basically be um, like a, a landing page. And that's one way of doing it. Now, to be a little bit more uh, easy for your WooCommerce clients to accept and understand and work with you um, is not having multiple landing pages because that's that's hard not for just you but also for them to understand. So if if they ask you to put up a a fucking slider there now, oh, whenever someone who is not a client who is working on our side. Right? Who is the one? Who is the provider who deals with clients? For example, <clears throat> if anyone from the other side, all right, our side, not the client side, our side. If anyone from our side suggests a slider, I almost automatically discredit them. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you saying? Shut the fuck up! Shut the motherfucking fuck up come on that is the worst thing you could say like do you even know what you're talking about like yeah I've, I've seen people say that a lot now the people who just talk out of their ass all the time say that I've, I've seen people say that quite a bit and I don't want to point fingers or generalize anyone so I won't um, all I'm saying is if you're on the side of the web creator, of the side of the agency, of the side who is supposed to be talking to the client, getting the brief or suggesting ideas, whether you're in marketing, whether you're in web design or web development or whatever you're doing, if you suggest a slider, you know, if you suggest a slider to the client, you're just, just wrong. Shut the fuck up. Stop that shit because you can see it's wrong. The numbers just have shown us, proven over and over that it's wrong, right? So what do you do? I try to suggest um, putting up the main, the fucking main product. Now, I am not 
I go against the grain on this because I am not like that, but I am not an above the fold type of person. All right, now the, the expression above the fold is um, like when you folded up newspapers, the part above the main headline of the day and the first few par paragraphs and a picture is above the fold. And that's what goes in the hero section. You get the headline, the header, the heading, um, and a short paragraph, a subtitle or a short paragraph, and maybe two call to action buttons, right? And an image, that's what you get. And that's what you get in the hero section. So that's, that's above the fold. And on the web, above the fold is, um, on desktop would be like 40 VW, like for example, you know, like when you load a page, what you see on the page. And by what I mean by 40 VW is uh, about 40% of the width is the height, right? Because uh, websites at best would be 1920 by 1080, uh, but that's just the screen. The actual browser itself gets 1920 by 800-ish at best at best so it's less than 800 pixels high all right so about 700 pixels high ish is a safe zone for above the fold and uh that's 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 where i think the main thing should go right now like i said i'm not a big fan of above the fold because as soon as i land on a page i want to scroll i think two three almost almost like right above the footer is where I'm most happy clicking things or the header, you know, the menu. That's where I click the most for me, but I am slightly different from other people because I just want to see how people make their websites and stuff. I probably have a slightly different um, experience than other people. I really, really, really don't understand how people can just land on a website and not even explore and just fucking click on the first button they see. I really don't understand, but, but I have observed my friend when he got a cracked windshield, um, his wife's car had a cracked windshield. So he, when I went over to his place to hang out, he said, let me just send some um, inquiries real quick and then we can go do stuff. So I was sitting there watching him and then this is like a real, this was a really rare experience watching someone interact with the website, just do what they do with absolutely no other, um, like nothing that, that I'm trying to, uh, uh, I don't know, record, but just watching someone trying to complete a task and it's not just on one website, you know, like it's, it's not, you know how when you have someone trying to, you have like your mom, I, I've never had my mom sit at, sit at one of my websites because I haven't <laughs> because, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she has seen most of my websites, but yes, like I haven't sat next to her and like, mom, I've made this website. Can you watch and check this out? Because you know, when I was a web developer, I've never, and I've, I haven't lived with my mom since I was 18, so, of course. And I'm 
older than 18. So, anyways, um, yeah. So, a lot of people when you ask when you want to observe them and you're like, can you check this out? Try to do this, and then they sort of dictate what they're doing. Oh, I like the color. Like, who cares? Just fucking do it. You know, I like the color. Oh, where is this button? Let me let me find this button. Oh, there it is. You know, like they do that shit. But my friend was just doing it on his own. He was starting from Google. He put in our um, area, our city, our town name and um, car mechanic, windshield car mechanic or something. And clicked open tabs for the first three and looked at the pages, scrolled about once on the page. He either went for the contact button on the top or if there was a contact form above the fold he would just not care about scrolling he would just fill that in click send and close the tab that was it he he even had uh, the text like the, the the contact i mean the the comments the message already typed out just copy pasted it put in his email click send close the tab the second page or the third page or whatever it was one page the contact form, the contact details were impossible to find. Very fucking bad website. So just left after about a minute. <laughs> Went to number four. You know, so that was what he was doing. He was like, get three quotes and go with the middle quote. That's his idea. That was his idea. And that's how he fixed his wife's windshield. It was so strange. Like it was so, such a, strange experience watching some watching how people actually use the websites and that's why like i said i'm not a believer i'm not a believer i'm not a fan of above the fold content but from what i've seen not just my friend but a lot of people i don't know why i just want to scroll but a lot of people just click on the first thing you see so <laughs> so above the fold works and um, if you have one slide, for example, so no moving slider, that's the same thing as getting, you know, like if you have a slider and you get 90% on slide one, if you don't have a slider, that's the same thing. You know, that's the same thing. If someone's going to click it, they're going to click it. And having more slides won't help at all. At all. So, yeah, why not, right? So making a good, cool-looking hero section is more important. Um, if I had to pick something that's not the generic headline, subtitle, button, image, type of hero section, if I had to choose something else, um, the other few that I would at least compromise with and at least be all like, oh, okay, all right, fucking, all right, all right, I'll do it, type of thing, would be uh, an image slider as a background. So the text content floats on top and nothing moves, nothing changes concerning the text content, but you get an image slider. So it's sort of like a moving background, a video background without it being a video. Another compromise I would be willing to at least not hate myself for doing would be maybe using a video background. Now, I am not a fan of video backgrounds. I fucking hate video backgrounds. I hate videos on websites that play. I only like videos when they're playing 
I only like videos playing when I click on a button and it plays because I want to control watching the video. If a website, like a lot of news channels, news websites, they have a video that just starts blaring shit as soon as you land on the page. I go out, I lose that tab right away. I never, ever, ever let an, a video autoplay or a video try to, you know, do something where I didn't allow it to do. Even like floating when I'm scrolling, you know? So I hate all that shit. Why? Because not only do I have, I'm pretty sure I have a slight minor case of ADHD, but I cannot fucking focus on the content if a video is just doing shit, you know? And it just makes me anxious. Like if I see a video background, it makes me anxious. I hate it. I fucking hate it. But, but, some people just, just demand it so much that I there's no way out of it, right? Now, recently, uh, from testing a bit and talking to people on Facebook, I found that if you have a Vimeo Pro, I'm not sure about Plus, maybe Plus, but, but definitely Pro because I have a Pro account. Um, if you're on Vimeo Pro, and probably above, you actually can get a streaming link, a, a URL that allows a stream the video to stream directly. And you can use that, and even in a Divi module, as the background from a URL. And it will load. It will work on all your devices, even phones, which is amazing, you know? So um, that, because it is such low-level hassle, I am willing to let that one slide. But as you know, I fucking hate video backgrounds. Oh, fuck off, man. Come on. Fuck off. Anyways. So that, that, that's what I think works better uh, and what I would suggest if somebody, uh, if a client wants a video, I mean a carousel or a product slider. Now, we understand why they want it because it's because they want to cram in as much products as they can, which is stupid, but they want to do that. And another thing is, and another reason why I think this thing is still not going away is if you go to for example theme forest and you go to wordpress e-commerce themes which is woocommerce pretty much there's a little bit of cart 66 and one two jiggle shop and two wp e-commerce but it's all woocommerce right so 13 1300 woocommerce themes um i think out of those 1300 woocommerce themes 1,316 WooCommerce theme, yeah. Uh, I think out of those numbers, I think about 1,295 themes have a slider on the top. They have a slider. They have a product slider in the product, what is it, uh, the, the, the demo page. And in their um, demo content, they have a slider there. And I think that keeps perpetuating this bad uh, UI, UX um, um, experience. It's just bad design. And I don't know which came first, wh whether it's from the clients or whether it's from the designers. I think it's from the clients because 
I don't think designers would have come up with that idea on the first in the first place. It came up out of necessity. I think someone wanted more content just crammed into the above the fold and the slider was the logical uh, reason uh, logical response to that, but it's been proven that that was stupid. Yeah. So I'm looking at I'm like even Flatsum. Flatsum is number one. It sold over 120,000 units, right? Porto is like 40,000 units. These guys sell a lot. And their demo content, 99% of them is, it starts with the slider. It's a slider in the hero section. And they put different products there. They Most of them have a license, include a license, not a license, but they most of them include revolution slider or layer slider, one or the other. Sometimes some of them have both of them, which is stupid, but they do that. And you're just, they think, oh, this is how a WooCommerce website looks like, you know? And, and they just perpetuate that shit. But I think that's wrong. Hero sections should at least do some kind of function and not just become a placeholder where people just don't care and will scroll away from. Um, if it were me, whatever you put there, I'm still going to scroll away from. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's, that's, that's basically what I'm trying to get at. Scrolling means carousels, image uh, product sliders, carousels don't work. I think with the with the data that we have, it builds a very strong case that we can convince almost any client that this is a bad idea and that you can have them focus on the main product and go from there and not resort to sliders because those are stupid. Okay. Uh, that was, oh man, another 40 fucking minutes. See, I can't, I keep talking about things for way too long. Oh, well, if you enjoyed it, that's great. Uh, we're going to go to news and resources. Luckily, I don't have a lot of news and resources, so, um, it won't take a long time this time. I'll just put them into one. Okay. All right. I'll see you there. Okay, we are back and I am going to start off with something that I think is very interesting. Uh, I'm going I'm to go through a very quick, what is it, a very quick uh, list of things um, and hopefully it'll be cool. All right, now this is off of a website called gosquared.com. It is... Uh, analytics and live chat software thing website that a website that offers live chat software and I guess that's great for them um, this is off of their blog and as you know blogs are a great way to get people to you know come to your website so that's why um, it's blogs uh, I think I'm going to talk about blog content sometime soon because I've seen a lot of people write really crappy, shitty, useless blog content. I might talk about that sometime. Anyways, here 
It's, uh, it's GoSquared, all right? GoSquared.com, and they're on their blog, the title is 22 Things You Can Do to Improve Your Google Website Ranking Even When Sales Are Down. Now, the reason why I think they're talking about stuff like this, about not only just SEO, I mean, everybody wants to talk about SEO, but not only just SEO, but um, even when your sales are down, because I think they uh, help most retailers uh, reach their, talk to their customers and stuff because it's a chat software, right? Okay, so let's start with number one. I'm gonna go through the list and just either go through it and comment or just go through the ones that are pretty self-explanatory from the titles. All right, so number one is create new blog content. We can understand that. That's what they're doing right now as well, which is why we're on their website. Update old blog content. Now they're just trying to, <laughs> but um, this does work because if it's updated, then it does help Google know that it hits the hits the target better. If you change some words and you know, if you keep it updated, to target to be you know, to target search engines better, I guess. Yeah, optimize. Yeah. Uh, number three, get backlinks from influence, influencers and bloggers. Of course, that'll help. Backlinks are always important. Uh, so why not work on that, right? Number four, improve your internal linking. So this is basically just going through all the SEO stuff. Uh, yeah, if you can reference any other articles from your blogs to other blog posts inside your website, that's great. Number five, create a content hub. So um, here it says a lot of people think that content hubs are important for the future. Um, it's a collection of articles with a link structure that puts the articles in a hierarchy below the main hub. And sure, like a knowledge base type thing, that's, that's, or a sitemap type thing-ish. Uh, number six, change the architecture of our website. Yeah, so just go through your whole website. That's what they're trying to say. Number seven, update your citations. Um, if it's, okay, because right now, the way that Google tries to approach SEO, not SEO, but SERP results or uh, ranking is uh, how a lot of people approach research papers, right? So not a lot of people like how academics approach research papers. So getting backlinks is also other people referencing you. And if you have references, citations to other stuff, to update that and it'll also help. All right, so that's basically it. Uh, number eight, get more online reviews, sure. Number nine, organically optimize for keywords that do well with paid search. Yep, same thing, but yep. Add number 10, add alt tags to all images. Yep, that sort of helps. Number 11, make sure every page and post has metadata. Of course, if you're using a plugin like uh, SEO Framework or uh, Yoast, it will give you the chance to update all the metadata and optimize that, that helps. Number 12, convert pages into posts and vice versa. Um, it really depends on the content, but some pages can be um, evergreen. Some posts 
you know, some pages can be outdated and some posts can be evergreen. So you can mix, uh, change them around if you need to, or um, if it's really long, you make that into um, whatever you need it to be, I guess. You know, for, yeah, so just, just start moving shit around. That's basically the same thing. It's similar to change your page structure, but if you think about it, it's just, what, um, 22? So they're just trying to stretch it out? Yeah? Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Number 13. Make sure that all link text is descriptive. Okay. Uh, so don't use a lot of click here's, but actually use a, a proper explanation for the link, what that link does. Uh, number 14, improve the structure of all URLs. Sure. And number and read through the comments here because it goes through a very general guideline for how to do better SEO as well. So just, yeah. Um, let's see, number 15, add more images to posts and pages. Number 16, add structured data to posts and pages. Uh, number 17, answer relevant H-A-R-O, HARO queries. HARO is help a reporter out. So, yep, just read it. Yeah, it's, it's one of the easier ways to acquire high quality backlinks because reporters from different outlets and back blogs write queries and send them out. And if you get an email, reply to that and it'll, it'll be, uh, You'll get you'll and if you answer that they'll refer your website on their article in their articles and that gives you a backlink so yeah number 18 directly pitch reporters and outlets just talk to them and ask them for links or articles number 19 guest blog for sites with higher domain authority than yours so if you start writing for them it will help it will help you a lot number 20 write sponsored content for relevant sites with high domain authority also same thing Number 21, pitch podcasts as a guest. Yeah. You want to, does anybody want to <laughs> be on this podcast? Yeah, I, I do need to talk to some people on this, but it's hard to, anyways. Uh, number 22, improve your website speed. Funny how it's on the bottom. Um, the reason why website speed is important is because of bounce rate, because if people go to a very slow website, they will bounce. They won't stay on the website. They'll just go away. However, uh, as long, you don't have to sweat about half a second change, half a second difference in bounce, uh, in site speed or whatever. Um, it's, yeah, unless you're like, I don't know, a high traffic website where everything matters. It's really, it really doesn't matter in most cases. I can talk about this more in length when we talk about SEO later on, not now. Next, let's go to, because it's already, it's already 51 minutes. Uh, let's go to the next resource. I think this is really cool and I might use it soon on my website or something. What this is, is it's really hard to read the name. Uh... K-N-U-T, Nut Sinstad. I don't know. It could be someone's name. I don't know. I can't read that name. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's made by at Nut Sinstad. So it sounds like someone's name. 
So what this does is slash fog code. Now it makes fake looking code generators. So it looks like code from a distance, but it's not actually code, but it is based off of actual code. So you give it like a GitHub gist and it gives you, is it gist or gist? Anyways, so gist, GitHub gist, GitHub gist. So you put in a URL or you can get a random one and you can make whatever you want and it becomes, it, you get an SVG image that looks like code, but it from, from afar, but it's not. So it's really cool. So I might use that sometime, I don't know. All right, next is Bordist.io and Bordist.io is a way to organize a lot of stuff like the data, um, like links, resources, you know, uh, documents, link and goals, whatever, checklists, all that kind of stuff. The free tier allows you up to three boards, so I guess that's useful. I might try it, I don't know. I I just need a lot of, I need some good organization for stuff that I see all the time. I just, I'm on the internet all the time, so I see a lot of stuff and I wish that I could sort of get stuff together. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, what do I have in the last one? No, this is useless. All right, forget it. All right, cool. So I'm just gonna finish with these three. Oh, there's another one, sorry, yeah. So, so shorthandcss.com, that's another cool one. Um, it, it, if you load a CSS framework, then it's useful, but if you're not doing that, I guess not, but this looked really cool, so I'm just mentioning it. Uh, so check it out if you want, all right? Um, Let's see, one last, a few last things that's going on with me, I guess. I usually don't say this in the last part. I usually say this in the front, but I just wanted to. Uh, this podcast recording was is going to take the place of my daily SAS course recordings. I'm doing that, I'm doing one episode, one lesson a day, and some lessons are like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, some lessons are five, eight, but it's coming along, so hopefully the website refresh, brand, and the whole whole design refresh um, will happen very soon. I'm hoping in a week or two, and the SAS course maybe in a month or so. So hopefully everything goes along great. Okay, um, there we go. I think we're done. So I will see you in the next episode. All right, take care, wash your hands, and stay safe. Bye-bye.